Yesterday, I received an email from a coworker in a new building, and she told me that two students need my services, um, my ENL services, but we're not receiving them. And my initial reaction is, you know, there's a process, obviously. Right now, yesterday was day 31 of instruction, and we only have 10 school days um, to complete the screening, identification, and placement process. So I explained that um, to her that, you know, it's out of our hands at this point. And I'm sure the other ENL teacher who handled the situation um, knew what she was doing when she handled it. You know, I have that trust, that confidence in, in her ability. So then this person responded to me with, they were screened and they did qualify for services. So this, like, throws up a red flag in my mind of, of doubt. Um, oh, man, did I say the wrong thing? Did I go the wrong way? I don't even know who this person is reaching out to me. So, you know, instead of panicking, because <laughs> it's easy to like, oh my gosh, go down a rabbit hole. I'm like, I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to become curious. I'm trying to, you know, choose a different interpretation. So I started first with um, someone that's a coworker that works in both buildings. And I just said, like, you know, do you know this person? Can I like kind of get a feel? And the other person only knew them on a personal level that they had kids around the same age. And I was like, okay, well, you know, thank you. I'm just in a um, sticky situation, it seems. And I don't know what's going on. And so, you know, go talk to administration. Okay, you know, because I couldn't talk to my coworker. Um, I couldn't find her. I'm sure she was somewhere in the building, but you know, <laughs> Sometimes you just can't find people. Um, they're doing their job, and they're doing it well. <laughs> and it's not my job to know where she is. Um, so, but the whole thing just didn't feel right. You know what I mean? And it, it was, I'm like, oh my gosh, did I say the wrong thing to this person? Um, so... <clears throat> I took it to the administrator. He called the person up and said, "You know, this isn't this isn't the the process, the procedure that we follow." Um, you know, which I appreciated him having my back. And then later, when I did run into my coworker, um, she explained to me the situation that the parents indicated English only on the HLQ, which means step one of the NYSED, um process: we can't proceed any further. The student is not considered an owl just based on how the family filled out the form. So the whole the whole thing kind of got me thinking about this idea. You know, I'm I was almost like blaming myself, like, oh my gosh, I I missed something, uh, doubting myself. It was this the route to go, or how am I supposed to proceed? These are all new people, um, new environment for me, and I I don't you know I'm just muddling through the best that I can, and you know I just literally happen to walk into this one person that works in both buildings. Um, so it, I was just like, okay, maybe this is fortuitous. Maybe this is my opportunity to just kind of find out some information without, you know, overstepping. Because sometimes, like, the waters can be murky, so to speak, when it, you know, 
comes. And I appreciate that NYSED makes this flow chart so it's so easy for us to follow to know what, what we do first, what we do next, what do we do after that, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and it, it kind of ties in with reading instruction lately. You know, I've been very excited. I have a, a SIFE student um, in fourth grade, and he cannot read or write in his home language. He can't read or write in the two countries' languages that he was in um, on his journey to the United States. Um, and so I'm... I'm blown away at how much he's able to pick up so quickly. Um, we already got him from a level E all the way up to a G as in goat. Um, so that's so exciting to me. Like this is this is a typical, um, you know, process where students just like literally need instruction. And that's why ESL is considered or ENL is considered, you know, a tier one mandatory service that these students need the support um, you know part of the basic level of instruction and because when they get that support that they need that they you know somehow were lacking earlier in their 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 educational career um, then we are able to you know quickly hopefully fill in gaps and see see progress now, I have another situation. I have another student, um, second grader, and um, yesterday I did a reading assessment with a child at a level D, and he read with 83% accuracy. That right there is a big red flag. So I don't know if you know this, but um, if you're doing um, accuracy readings, Below, I believe it's level H, um, you can, it can, 90 to 95 is the range for um, instructional, um, you know, 90, 95 to 100% uh, is that range for independent um, proficiency. Uh, <clears throat> uh, for accuracy, I should say, I guess. So, um, and so 83% is way below where we need to be. And like looking at the errors, um, I had to give the word hello um, multiple times. Here was substituted for her. I had to give the word some, said for says. So, um, you know, the interpretation, they obviously haven't, um, they've overgeneralized when to use the past tense, but it's good that they know the past tense, that I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, this story's in the present tense, so that child is, you know, like almost putting it into the past tense. We have um, a will for with substitution, or with for will. I'm like, okay, that's a, the visual thing, which is why he wears his glasses. Um, and I don't know. So what do you do? Honestly, I go to the expert, and that's kind of what I did in the last situation where I went to someone who knew the people, and then later I followed up with um, the administration just to kind of feel out the situation. And with this student, I went to the reading specialist, and I said, you know, I'm concerned because um, only 83% accuracy, and she goes, yeah, that level D is way too hard for him because um, she's also working with him. And she's like, you know... 
What he really needs is the background knowledge. When you're reading, you need to talk to him about what's going on with what he's reading. Um, you know, she's like, I would definitely back it up. And I'm like, well, here's my problem. I have a level I reader and I have a level, um, you know, C reader. C, if you would call him that, because when he started school, he was um, independent B, but C was hard. So I've been at a C with him, and I just thought I'd dip into a D to see if he was ready, and obviously he's not. But, you know, she had some good advice, and this is why I love going to the specialists. Um, you know, she said, why not use some of this time for independent reading where the kids can read it their, on their own, and then you talk with them about what they're reading about, um, and again, building that background knowledge, um, you know, and she talked about how the student can be really hit or miss depending on the day, um, which is, you know, you, you do see that with some students. And really, it all goes back to trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting that you're doing what's best for students, um, you know, following the data. I'm huge on following the data. You know, obviously level D is too hard for him. I need to back up. Whereas my other kiddo, um, he's, I was blown away that I could already, you know, one, one paper said hard G when I tested him. And I like so I actually just said you know what when you're reading make sure that it's making sense and if it's not making sense go back and like fix fix what the word is that doesn't make sense and the next time he read a level G he did do that and um, so he did show that he was you know instructional G he was making that progress and no matter what you know all these decisions, all of this comes down to um, the the choices that we make using the data that we have. And really, um, it's funny, a friend just said this to me, leading with your heart, okay? I'm doing this because I want what's best for this child. And what's best for one child might not necessarily be what's best for another child. And it's important to see um, that, that that's okay too, you know? Um, this, this child that I'm getting questioned on why he's not getting services, um, his parents say that they only speak English at home with these children. He's raised in an English environment. Um, so, you know, the evidence that I'm understanding from this home family does fall under the idea that English is their primary language. So I can understand why they would fill out the form that says they speak English at home with these children. Um, and, you know, my, my best guess, my, my most generous interpretation of the other person is that she's seeing something that's not quite right. She's trying to figure, like, you know, follow all the avenues to make sure that all the bases are covered. But the reality is also that just because, um, you know, grandparents speak another language or came from another country does not necessarily mean that um, <clears throat> that child is an L. Um, a lot of these children, I, I know, I think the statistics is like 65 or 70 percent of um, L's are actually born in the United States and then just speak another language at home with their parents, which is amazing. What a wonderful opportunity. Um, 
But when that's not the case, we have to also be understanding and cognizant of that and not like over over labeling students as English language learners as well. Um, you know, it's a, it's a fine line and it's a judgment call and takes lots of years of practice. Obviously, I've been doing this 18 years. Um, teaching 18 years um, so I I've, I've been through the gambit and um, you know every child is different so again just make sure just check in with yourself you know and take that step back talk with the experts and think are you leading with your heart because if you're leading with your heart you, you don't have to doubt yourself you don't have to blame yourself for doing the wrong thing um, we just have to have that trust and that confidence in ourself and you know people pick up on that and it really matters if you do believe you're doing the right thing all right and if you if you're not sure then talk to an expert you know um follow the process um get the information and you know i i have the the nice ed directions um for you know identifying an l and i'm going to be able to show the administrator and if he chooses to show this person if if there's any more follow-up on this topic you know he can show that that this is why things were done the way they were done good morning i wasn't planning on doing this episode um, but so many things have come up in the past 24 hours that have really sparked me to think a lot, think deeply, and also to, to pause, take a step back and reflect. So thank you for joining me on this journey today to um, think deeply about how we need to trust in ourselves more that we know what we're doing. Yesterday I received an email from a coworker in a new building and she told me that two students need my services, um, my ENL services, but we're not receiving them. And my initial reaction is, you know, there's a process, obviously. Right now, yesterday was day 31 of instruction, and we only have 10 school days um, to complete the screening, identification, and placement process. So... I explained that um, to her that, you know, it's out of our hands at this point. And I'm sure the other ENL teacher who handled the situation um, knew what she was doing when she handled it. You know, I have that trust, that confidence in, in her ability. So then this person responded to me with, they were screened and they did qualify for services. So this, like throws up a red flag in my mind of of doubt um oh man did I say the wrong thing did I go the wrong way I don't even know who this person is reaching out to me so you know instead of panicking because <laughs> it's easy to like oh my gosh go down a rabbit hole I'm like I'm I you know I'm trying to become curious. I'm trying to, you know, choose a different interpretation. So I started first with um, someone that's a coworker that works in both buildings. And I just said, like, you know, do you know this person? Can I, like, kind of get a feel? And the other person only knew them on a personal level that they had kids around the same age. And I was like, okay, well, you know, thank you. I'm just in a um, 
sticky situation, it seems. And I don't know what's going on. And so, you know, go talk to administration. Okay, you know, because I couldn't talk to my coworker. Um, I couldn't find her. I'm sure she was somewhere in the building, but, you know... <laughs> Sometimes you just can't find people. Um, they're doing their job, and they're doing it well. <laughs> and it's not my job to know where she is. Um, so, but the whole thing just didn't feel right. You know what I mean? And it, it was, I'm like, oh my gosh, did I say the wrong thing to this person? Um, so... <clears throat> I took it to the administrator. He called the person up and said, you know, this isn't this isn't the the process, the procedure that we follow, um, you know, which I appreciated him having my back. And then later when I did run into my coworker, um, she explained to me the situation that the parents indicated English only on the HLQ, which means step one of the NYSED um, process, we can't proceed any further. The student is not considered an owl just based on how the family filled out the form. So the whole the whole thing kind of got me thinking about this idea, you know, I'm I was almost like blaming myself like oh my gosh, I I missed something, uh, doubting myself. It was this the route to go or how am I supposed to proceed? These are all new people, um new environment for me and I I don't, you know, I'm just muddling through the best that I can and you know, I just literally happened to walk into this one person that works in both buildings um so it i was just like okay maybe this is fortuitous maybe this is my opportunity to just kind of find out some information without you know overstepping because sometimes like the waters can be murky so to speak when it you know comes and i appreciate that NYSED makes this flow chart so it's so easy for us to follow to know what what we do first what we do next what do we do after that etc etc so um and it, it kind of ties in with reading instruction lately you know i've been very excited i have a, a scythe student um in fourth grade and he cannot read or write in his home language he can't read or write in the two countries languages that he was in um on his journey to the united states um and so i'm I'm blown away at how much he's able to pick up so quickly. Um, we already got him from a level E all the way up to a G as in goat. Um, so that's so exciting to me. Like this is this is a typical, um, you know, process where students just like literally need instruction. And that's why ESL is considered or ENL is considered, you know, a tier one mandatory service that these students need the support um you know part of the basic level of instruction and because when they get that support that they need that they you know somehow were lacking earlier in their 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 educational career um then we are able to you know quickly hopefully fill in gaps and see see progress now i have another situation i have another student um second grader and um yesterday i did a reading assessment with the child at a level d and he read with 83 percent accuracy that right there is a big red flag so i don't know if you know this but um if you're doing um accuracy readings 
below, I believe it's level H. Um, you can, it can, 90 to 95 is the range for um, instructional. Um, you know, 90, 95 to 100% uh, is that range for independent um, proficiency. Uh, <clears throat> uh, for accuracy, I should say, I guess. So, um, and so 83% is way below where we need to be. And like looking at the errors, um, I had to give the word hello um, multiple times. Here was substituted for her. I had to give the word some, said for says. So, um, you know, the interpretation, they obviously haven't, um, they've overgeneralized when to use the past tense, but it's good that they know the past tense, that I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, this story's in the present tense, so that child is, you know, like almost putting it into the past tense. We have um, a will for with substitution, or with for will. I'm like, okay, that's a the visual thing, which is why he wears his glasses. Um, and I don't know. So what do you do? Honestly, I go to the expert. And that's kind of what I did in the last situation where I went to someone who knew the people. And then later I followed up with um, the administration just to kind of feel out the situation. And with this student, I went to the reading specialist. And I said, you know, I'm concerned because um, only 83% accuracy. And she goes, yeah, that level D is way too hard for him. Because um, she's also working with him. And she's like, you know, what he really needs is the background knowledge. When you're reading, you need to talk to him about what's going on with what he's reading. Um, you know, she's like, I would definitely back it up. And I'm like, well, here's my problem. I have a level I reader and I have a level, um, you know, C reader. C, if you would call him that, because when he started school, he was um, independent B, but C was hard. So I've been at a C with him, and I just thought I'd dip into a D to see if he was ready, and obviously he's not. But, you know, she had some good advice, and this is why I love going to the specialists. Um, you know, she said, why not use some of this time for independent reading, where the kids can read it their, on their own, and then you talk with them about what they're reading about, um, and again, building that background knowledge, um, you know, and she talked about how the student can be really hit or miss, depending on the day, um, which is, you know, you, you do see that with some students. And really, it all goes back to trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting that you're doing what's best for students, um, you know, following the data. I'm huge on following the data. You know, obviously level D is too hard for him. I need to back up. Whereas my other kiddo, um, he's, I was blown away that I could already, you know, one, one paper said hard G when I tested him. And I like so I actually just said you know what when you're reading make sure that it's making sense and if it's not making sense go back and like fix fix what the word is that doesn't make sense and the next time he read a level G he did do that and um, so he did show that he was you know instructional G he was making that progress and no matter what you know all these decisions, all of this comes down to um, 
the the choices that we make using the data that we have and really um, it's funny a friend just said this to me leading with your heart okay I'm doing this because I want what's best for this child and what's best for one child might not necessarily be what's best for another child and it's important to see um, that that that's okay too you know um, this this child that I'm getting questioned on why he's not getting services um, his parents say that they only speak English at home with these children he's raised in an English environment um, so you know the evidence that I'm understanding from this home family does fall under the idea that English is their primary language so I can understand why they would fill out the form that says they speak English at home with these children um, and you know my my best guess my my most generous interpretation of the other person is that she's seeing something that's not quite right she's trying to figure like you know follow all the avenues to make sure that all the bases are covered but the reality is also that just because um, you know grandparents speak another language or came from another country does not necessarily mean that um, <clears throat> that child is an L. Um, a lot of these children, I, I know, I think the statistics is like 65 or 70 percent of um, L's are actually born in the United States and then just speak another language at home with their parents, which is amazing. What a wonderful opportunity. Um, but when that's not the case, we have to also be understanding and cognizant of that and not like over over labeling students as English language learners as well. Um, you know, it's a it's a fine line and it's a judgment call and takes lots of years of practice. Obviously, I've been doing this 18 years. Um, teaching 18 years um, so I I've I've been through the gambit and um, you know every child is different so again just make sure just check in with yourself you know and take that step back talk with the experts and think are you leading with your heart because if you're leading with your heart you, you don't have to doubt yourself you don't have to blame yourself for doing the wrong thing um, we just have to have that trust and that confidence in ourselves, and you know people pick up on that and it really matters if you do believe you're doing the right thing all right and if you if you're not sure then talk to an expert you know um, follow the process um, get the information and you know I I have the the nice ed directions um, for you know identifying an L and I'm going to be able to show the administrator and if he chooses to show this person if, if there's any more follow-up on this topic you know he can show that that this is why things were done the way they were done so as a recap I just want to say that if you're um, doubting yourself make sure you acknowledge those feelings make sure you take a step back Make sure that you consult an expert and use the data, use the flowcharts, use um, the numbers um, when you talk with that expert. You know, really think deeply. Don't act quickly. Think deeply. Just sit with it. 
Take time for the answers. The answers will come. So that way you can lead with your heart, doing what's best for each individual learner. Thank you.